I welcome you to When Tragedy Strikes by Jason McDonald. Hello, namaste, tashi delay. I hope everybody's well. Kuzu zangpo. Hola, como estas? And all the other languages. Of course, if you're American, hello, my friends. I will be doing a series of videos called When Tragedy Strikes. Yesterday, I was in a pretty serious car accident. It was a head-on collision. And uh, I practiced the Dharma. And I believe at this point in my trajectory, in my path as a Dharma practitioner, now my life has become Dharma. Dharma is no longer something that I occasionally think about, but I've really tried to weave it into my heart. And therefore, whenever I experience anything, I use it as an example to teach me and to allow me to deepen my Dharma practice. The Lojong tradition in Tibet, which is mind training, Lojong means mind training, or thought transformation, or thought training. There's very translations. So in Tibet, the Lojong genre says that you take everything that you experience and you use it to practice Dharma, and then nothing in our life will ever go to waste. And I truly believe that the, the mind training, especially seven-point mind training by Chakawa Yeshe Dorje, is a brilliant and beautiful teaching that encompasses the whole essence of the Dharma in a single teaching. So I have great respect for that teaching. And that teaching says, Lojong allows the practitioner to take problems that an ordinary person might look at as being so horrible and turn it into a benefit. And therefore, the Holy Dharma becomes so pragmatic and so helpful for all of us. And it's not really a religious thing. It's a, you know, Buddhism is really a scientific way to approach problem solving, both inside the mind and externally, which is also inside the mind, but we can get to that later. But the Lojong specifically, I, I must emphasize, Lama Atisha, who was a great master in India, and then he went to Tibet to help restore Buddhism. I forget the exact time. I want to say it was around the year 700. I could be wrong, but I think that was close. I could look it up. But as, if you look up Lama Atisha, you'll see when he lived. He said that these, these teachings, and he was talking about Lojong, he said, he said, there is no substitute for these teachings. And then he basically says how the sutras and the tantras have certain things about them that require a master, especially the tantras there. He says they're twisted and you have to have a master to show you the way. And then the, the sutras are, you know, maybe not as readily available because they also require commentary and teachings. Whereas the teachings of Lojong are, are synthesized into the bare essence of the Dharma and they can be applied to anything. And so I, as I'm reflecting on the car accident, car crash I had yesterday, which was a violent head-on collision, 
I feel a powerful energy encouraging me to share all of this and use it to teach myself and use it to teach you all. So that will be my offering in these videos that will be coming, which the series is called When Tragedy Strikes. Before we get into the actual teaching itself, I just wanted to show a few pictures. This was my lovely car that I thought I was going to own. I was making jokes and saying, I will own this car until my last breath because I did not want to buy another car and get all excited about material items. So this is a very simple car. It's electric and I felt happy because it's good for the environment and the, you know, the planet and everything. So these pictures really depict the utter violence uh, of the head-on collision that I experienced. For anybody who has thought about buying a Chevy Volt, one of the reasons I purchased it was because it had very high safety ratings. And I'm incredibly pleased with the Chevy Volt and how well it protected me. What a life-changing series of safety mechanisms they have. Uh, really a beautiful car. And that's about my only real scratch and or blood that came out of the the car crash and the accident yesterday. I had a scratch on my head and then one on my knee. My stomach is bruised up from the seatbelt and then my ribs and chest area and sternum are rather painful, not horrible, but irritated. I'll say irritated, but it's getting better. So this is a very small price to pay considering how bad this could have been. So that gives you, that sets the stage for the experience that I had. Uh, and you can see from the car how utterly blessed I am to have walked away without any serious harm. I still don't understand how that happened. I'm very grateful and blessed. So one of the things that I believe is very important is to see the world and the experiences we have as the guru. What that means is that if we use our lives in a dharmic way, if we use our lives in a way that whatever happens to us, we allow it to teach us, you could in essence say that our experiences become the guru, they become the Lama, they become the Ajahn, the Bhante teacher. So one thing that we have to understand is that when we go through a traumatic event, like what I experienced yesterday, we don't have control. And this is so important. We don't have control over what is going to pop up in our lives. We've already created the karmic causes previously in this life and in previous lives. So past lives and this current life, we've already created the karmic causes for what is manifesting in front of us right now. Some of that will arise from the Dharma seeds we planted in positive experiences of happiness. Some of that will arise based on other stuff we've done. So we don't have control. And I think it's very important to understand that when we are living in a samsaric existence, that samsaric existence is marked by impermanence and it's marked by, I, I will call it chaos. 
And that's not really a fair way to depict it because it's not chaotic. It's actually very clearly delineated and it's a clear scientific result of cause and effect. So on one hand, it's not chaotic, but it, it presents as very chaotic. I can assure you when you're in a head-on collision is very violent. And then there's a chaotic experience afterwards here in America. We're lucky because all the firefighters and the police officers come quickly to help us. And so I am grateful for that. I, incredibly great. I told all the police officers and firefighters, thanks for their compassion and thanks for being so very helpful during this traumatic event. But the point, one of the points is each situation can be the guru. Our experience can be the teacher, but we have to understand that although the, the experience can be the guru, it can only be the guru if we allow it to be the guru. So we have to start to transform our minds to constantly practicing and thinking about the Dharma. We can't just only practice the Dharma when we're sitting on a cushion. To practice the Dharma when you're sitting on a cushion only is essentially a waste of your human life because you're, you're only spending 1% of your time practicing the Dharma. And the Dharma is the Buddha's teachings. Now, if we use every waking moment of experience, especially the tragedies, especially the terrifying difficulties that we go through that shock us and bring a great deal of fear and a discomfort and a clear example, a clear example of the fact that we don't have control. Those experiences can become the guru if we allow them to be. What do I mean by that? If we allow them to teach us, they can teach us. Every experience we have can be the guru if we take a step back and we understand that that experience in and of itself is devoid of any real meaning. Now, when I say the experience in and of itself is devoid of any real meaning, what I mean is we're creating the narrative, the opinions, uh, the conceptualized characteristics of the situation or the experience. And then we're, we're taking those concepts and thoughts and ideas, and we're imputing them onto the experience. We're, we're basically taking an experience that by itself is a spontaneous presentation that that's occurring in front of us. And then we're trying to create opinions. Oh, this is good. That's bad. And then once we create the opinion of good or bad, then we have a whole series of concepts and ideas and thoughts that we apply to or, or impute upon the experience. Now, what this means, the fact that the experience itself is devoid of any meaning or any existence, and further, the fact that we're imputing meaning onto it with our narrative, our concepts, our ideas, this means that although we cannot control the experience or change it, we can create the aspiration or the intention about the way that we want to respond to the situation. And if you want to have a skillful relationship with the experience, then you can create the intention that you're going to use it as a teaching 
and use it as the great guru, the great high lama that has come to teach us oftentimes painful through oftentimes painful experiences, the essence and the nature of reality. So we don't have control of what's coming up in front of us. And we can either take it and use it as a teaching, or we can very well write it off and allow our aversion, our resistance, our rejection, our discomfort, our unhappiness, and our unwillingness, very important, our unwillingness to be with the situation and allow it to be our guru. If we go that route, the route of aversion, resistance, rejection, discomfort, dissatisfaction, and, and pushing it away, if we go that route, that experience cannot be our guru. That experience cannot teach us. That experience cannot be beneficial and positive because we already have a preconceived idea. We, we have a, uh, before the experience comes, we've already made up our mind. I don't like this, get it away. And then we just kind of collapse into this me, me, me. Oh, I'm so, life is so difficult. Oh, I'm so sad. Oh, this is, oh, I'm in so much pain. That can happen if we don't take a step back and give the situation space. But if we give the situation space, well, when we allow it to be experience, and when we allow it to be our guru or our lama, it can give us a very deep, tangible, powerful teaching. And this doesn't only happen with a head-on car collision. This happens every day of our life, every minute of our life, every, every, every single experience we have is ripe with potential to be our teacher, to be our guru. But we have to be masterful. We have to be skillful about the way that we react and respond and interact with this, the experience. So I think one big takeaway is that we can, and quite honestly, we should create the powerful positive intention to let our whole life be our guru. When our whole life is our guru, meaning every moment of experience is teaching us, and then we can take that experience and cross-reference it with what the actual Lama taught us, what the actual guru taught us, what we read, what we contemplated, what we meditated about. If we can take that raw, naked experience of our life, cross-reference it and analyze it against what the guru taught us, what we read, what we contemplated, and what we meditated, then our life becomes powerful and it becomes a fire of wisdom. And there's no substitute for the terror and the, and the fire and the, and the unmediated blazing reality that's in front of us. There's no substitute for that. A Lama cannot give us that. A Lamas can prepare us for that. A Lama can tell us the pith instructions, the powerful teachings. The guru can give us the teachings, give us the Dharma out of their immense compassion, but they can't really give you a head-on collision and all of the pain and the fear and the uncertainty and the vulnerability, the sheer 
unmediated vulnerability that comes out of that. The feeling of knowing I could die this moment, one second I could be dead. That creates immense pressure and terror and bewilderment. But out of that, we have an opportunity. We can allow this to be our guru. And I get chills up my spine thinking about the fact that we can take the Dharma and extract the essence of this human life to practice in a very powerful. The fact that we can extract the essence of this human life and practice in a very powerful and meaningful way. And therefore, every situation, whether you would give it the conventional label, the words, the title, the narrative, the, you know, the thought, word, concept, idea, terminology, whatever you want to use, it's coming from the mind. It's, it's a word, a concept, a fabrication, to be honest, because normally we would take our mind and say, oh, this was so bad. If you do that, the, the guru cannot arise. But if you take a step back and you pull those concepts away from the experience itself, whether it's a divorce, the death of a loved one, the death of a guru, a horrible car accident, a sickness that's very painful, loved a husband or a wife, girlfriend or boyfriend who decided they don't want to be with you, no matter what situation we have, whatever manifests, in front of us, in our awareness. If we use it and allow it and give it the power to be the guru, which means we have to take a step back and give it some space and breathe. And don't squeeze it with our likes and dislikes, good and bad, black and white, bad or skinny, happy or sad. Don't squeeze the, the life out of the raw essence of the experience. Allow it to be the guru. If we do that, I believe magic arises and I believe the Buddha is with us in that moment, teaching us in a way that the Buddha could not teach us because the experiences are so powerful and so, some of them are so great. For example, when you fall in love with somebody, the sheer radiance and, and blazing quality of that experience is ineffable. You cannot put that into words. And then what I went through yesterday, that head-on collision, there's no way to really explain that if nobody's been through it. If somebody would have explained it to me yesterday morning, I would have said, oh, yeah, yeah, car accident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I know what that is. No, I didn't. <laughs> Alex, I can't laugh because my ribs hurt so bad. I didn't know what that was. I now know what that is. I now know what it is to have your life flash before you. And I believe that this will be a great turning point for me. And my heart now is on fire with the Dharma and I want to share it with everybody in a way that maybe I never have. Maybe my inner wisdom wasn't blazing enough. It wasn't warm enough, hot enough, fierce enough, but maybe now it will be. So I think this is going to be the end of my first 20-minute session. I love you all deeply. 
may all sentient beings benefit from these Dharma words. And thank you for listening. Thank you so much. Sending my love to all of you.